Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And uh, I would guess you do know me, and I am your brother. Now, many of you may not know my brother that's on the line with us, Brother Carl Gallops. Uh, brother Carl, as I affectionately call him, is a very, very longtime friend of this program. We've had uh, Brother Carl on uh, at least 10 or 11 times. Uh, he's a multiple uh, best-selling, actually a top 60 Amazon best-selling author. Uh, he's a pastor of an actual real church. You know, everyone that is uh, a reverend is not a pastor, okay? Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. What a name for a church, okay? And uh, Brother Carl, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. Brother Craig, listen, it's always a pleasure to be with you. God bless you, man. I love you, your audience, and uh, and it seems like every time we're together, the time just flies. It and, does. And, it does. Yeah. And uh, your books are great, okay? And uh, Gods and Thrones is your latest. And, um, you know, I remember the very first time uh, I had you on, and I have my sweet darling wife, Mrs. Hatchet, uh, to thank for that because, uh, you know, she I don't know where she found you, but she found this book. And, you know, I don't know why it surprised me because my wife is always right when she tells me I should interview someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, you and I have married way above ourselves. Yes, we so did. I, we are, I, we're two I, blessed men, aren't we? Yes, I've got a wife just like that. You know, you mentioned the funny name of our church. That is funny because that name, Hickory Hammock, uh, is the name of a road. Yeah. And it, it's a very prominent road uh -huh. on the Gulf Coast, and it leads to the beaches down here. Yeah. And so when, when our forefathers built the church there, you know, the, the obvious thing to do you know, <laughs> decades and decades ago was to call it after the name of the road. The problem is, is that now the Lord has blessed me to be all over, you know, media, national and international, and, and, and I have to answer the question a hundred times a week. <laughs> how did the church get that name? <laughs> but it's yeah. named after the road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, it, you and I, we're watchmen on the wall, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to, you know, rally Christians to— you know, really fulfill the Great Commission, and that there truly are many that feel like, you know, once, you know, quote-unquote, I become saved or my family becomes saved or my per, my personal church community is, is starting to do well, many people do feel like it's time to lay in a hammock. And yeah. we, we just had a home going for a great, great uh, soldier for Christ, uh, the Reverend Billy Graham, and it seems like when you look at the passing of the torch from Elijah to Elisha, and yeah. Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind of fire, and Elisha asked, he, and he had to ask now, and so the, for you out there in the audience who are watchmen and watch women on the wall, even if it's just over your family, hear what I'm going to say. He asked for a double portion of that spirit. And, and are we not living in a time, Brother Carl, when watchmen on the wall really need to ask the Lord for a double portion of the spirit of this great, great man of God, uh, Billy Graham, for the times that we live in? Yes, I, I agree with you, Brother Craig, and that's a very astute observation. Here's the deal. You know, we are living 
in the most prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And I know that that is a huge statement to make, maybe even shocking to some of your listeners. My last book, When the Lion Roars, I proved that out through mm-hmm. the scripture and through our headlines. Gods and Thrones, this newest one comes that, that's out right now, and there's a sequel coming out this fall to that one uh, because it just went so crazy all over the world. But yeah. it also it also profoundly makes that point. So, I mean, I could talk for hours on that, but trust me, folks, we are living in the most biblically prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And right in the middle of it, we have the return of Israel. Then we have the return of Jerusalem. Then we have Jerusalem named as the capital. Then we have the nations of Ezekiel 38 and 39 aligning in the Middle East against Israel. We've got the you know, we've got Turkey collapsing into an Islamic caliphate. We've got Russia and China in the Middle East. We've mm-hmm. got North Korea with nukes and aligned with Iran, and on and on and on it yeah. goes. Yeah. The rise of ISIS, the rise of terrorism. The largest Christian nation on the planet doesn't even know what a marriage is anymore. It's yeah. I mean, on and on, the yeah. prophecies unfold before our eyes. And now, right in the middle of it all, uh, <laughs> the the... The greatest evangelist, now listen, folks, that the planet has ever seen. This man has reached more people for Jesus Christ. He has stood before more people in the flesh preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ than any of the biblical prophets or preachers, including Paul and Jesus and anybody else. Uh, of course, Jesus, you know, was the sa- is the Savior, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that—, that, that but I mean, he— this man has preached to hundreds of millions of people in almost 200 nations of the world, and no one has ever done that. And he has lived in our lifetime, and he just passed. Mm-hmm. And for de- decades back, Brother Craig, yes, um, uh, people of God had been saying for several decades that at the passing of Billy Graham, that certainly that has to have some kind of prophetic significance, because even yeah. decades ago, people were realizing there's never been another man on the planet like this. Yeah. Certainly, certainly, even with his frailties, even mm-hmm. with a few, few mistakes he made. Very few. That, <laughs> even, very few. Oh, yeah, very few, but I'm talking about from time yeah, to time. Yeah, but we all, you know, Jesus says there's none, <laughs> none pure but the Father. That's, you know, our well, big brother Jesus said that. Exactly. Brother, yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm just saying, even from time to time, the Christian media would ride him about something that, you know, that he might have said or mm-hmm. they questioned him. But, but so I'm just saying, even with that, there has never been, never yes. an evangelist preacher that has impacted the kingdom of heaven like this man has. Mm-hmm. So, so here we are, just a few days ago. I mean, think what's happened in the last couple of months, in the last few months. Jerusalem has been officially named as the home of the American embassy mm-hmm. and, and, and the capital of Israel. The United Nations had an emergency meeting to decry that decree, brother. This is how huge this is. Yeah. And, and, and then just, you know, a month or two later, the passing of Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. So, and you anyway, know something, yeah. you know something, brother, it, in, in that reference to Elijah and Elisha, their, their reign in Israel coincided with the throne being held by Ahab, Jezebel, Joran, Jehu. And these are characters that are very, very, I mean, it's like almost uh, a, 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 uh, an alternate universe of the characters that have occupied America in recent years. Yes, 
Yes, so many people have seen those parallels, brother, the spiritual parallels, and, 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 and I agree with you. It's astounding to watch it and to unfold before our eyes. And people say, yeah, but that was Israel. That's not about the United States. Look, I get that. I get that. But the principles and precepts of God's Word are forever. Yes. And I also, and I also get the fact that somehow, by the hand of God alone, but spiritually, in the in the in the multiple universe dimensions that you spoke of, spiritually, the United States is directly connected to Israel. Mm-hmm. In, in God. I mean, it just is. Yeah. And and uh, it, and we could go through the whole history of their yeah. connections, but there's been no other connection to Israel like yeah. the United States of America. Yeah. To this day, there yeah, are the- 6.3 or 6.4 million uh, Jews living in Israel now that have come back uh, to the land, which is the largest number of Jews that have ever lived there, which meets the exact fulfillment of Deuteronomy 30 when Moses spoke of the day mm-hmm. when Israel would come back from the nations of the world to where God had scattered them, and he said, you will be more prosperous, mm-hmm. and you will be more populous in the land than ever before. And yeah. here we are. The only nation that has equal amount of Jews in it, or maybe a few more right now, mm-hmm. is the United States of America. Yeah. So, so brother, you're right. And we look back at those leaders, and Elijah and Elisha, and we see that connection. And no, I agree with your original premise that God's men and women need to be crying out to the Lord in these days, these prophetic days, saying, "Lord, give us a portion." perhaps a double portion Amen. Of, of that blessing so that we can light up this world for the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're very, Time very is short. Close. Yeah, yes. amen to that. The only nation, this nation, whose declaration of independence declares that your rights, your power, your freedom does not come from the king or the government, but it comes from God. And, uh, you know, I, I and I don't think I'm incorrect in that assertion of the other nations of the world. Am I, Brother Carl? No, no, I, I think that you are correct. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's going on today with this, um, the problems in our schools that so many people are talking about, and you being from Florida, you being a 30-plus year pastor, and you having a background in law enforcement, I thought I would reach out to you as um, really a, a multiple expert, and you're close to what's happening there. So if you would uh, please give us an update on what is happening in Florida. Yeah, I can. Listen, I have, uh, just to let you, everything you just said about me is correct, and let me just add a little bit of spice to that that will help your listeners understand where I'm coming from. Not only do I have a background in law enforcement, but my background in law enforcement is a Florida law enforcement officer. I was a deputy sheriff with two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriffs, and under one of those I even did uh, a criminal investigation. So. And I was immersed in that for almost 11 years before God called me full-time in the ministry. So, so I, 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 I understand how this works in Florida. I'm also a concealed weapons uh, carrier in Florida and have been for decades. I understand the laws about where you can take guns, where you can't, gun-free zones, the dangers of all of that. 
uh, from law enforcement, from a citizen, as a pastor. Uh, and, and, and so the latest is this. Even as we're speaking, brother, I'm here in my studio office, and I've got my jumbotron on, the big television, mm-hmm. and on Fox News they are interviewing live a Broward County deputy sheriff uh, and and I don't really know. I'm, I'm seeing the the thing underneath it, the little uh, the, the the words scrolling across. But they're interviewing him about this because this is still live and this is still hot. Now I don't know what this interview is about, but let me just say this. So let me first speak as a former deputy sheriff and all of the hoopla about this deputy outside and the four deputies that didn't go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, if we have time, and if you would like, I, I would love to speak to you about the implications of this whole thing and gun free yes. zones. Oh, and please do. Okay, all right. But the bottom line is this: this is kind of freaky to me, brother. And I want your listeners to hear this. Mm-hmm. Ever since this happened, I have been requested to do interviews, and I've done a ton of them all across this nation because of my background about what that deputy. That first deputy, and now they say there were four that did not go in, but the first one that was uh, called the Broward Coward by everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was standing outside, and they asked me, what was that about? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? And here's here's what I have said. Now, first of all, none of us were there. We don't know exactly what was going on in that deputy's mind. We don't know what orders he had been given. They're still sorting all that out. But this is what I said. Several weeks ago, I said – that as a former deputy sheriff, I can only think of one reason for that deputy to stay outside, one good reason. Of course, the bad reason is he was just a coward. And listen, I've worked with guys like that over the years. Mm-hmm. Not many, praise God, not many, but I've, I have worked with two different sheriffs, big departments. I've come across guys who probably would not have gone in. They, they, they would have been uh, afraid to do so. And that's shameful. That's scary. And but but so other than that, the only good reason would be that if once the shooting started and he heard it and he knew it and he was making his way to that's a big campus. And as he was making his way to where he thought the shots were coming from, more than likely he had radioed in. He was letting the sheriff's office know. The only thing I can think of is if he got a an official stand down order that would have gone something like this. You need to get to the area, stand the perimeter, do not go in because the SWAT team is on its way. It'll be there in minutes. If you go in, you're going to put people's lives in danger. You could get killed. Police officers could get killed. More people could get killed. You secure the perimeter. If the shooter comes out, take him down. That could have been a legitimate law enforcement order. Now, at that point, if I call Gallops and standing outside and I'm hearing kids screaming, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe I, I can see through the window or through mm-hmm. the door and see the guy in, I'm just, I'm sorry, Craig. Ignore that order. I'm, go, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go right. kill the guy. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sorry. If they fire me for it, they just fire me. But, um, but anyway, the bottom line is that could have been it. But here's the deal. For several weeks now, since this shooting, They've never said that that was it. And, 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 but today, today, brother, the sheriff has issued, somebody in the department has issued a statement. I saw it on Drudge 
that the officer was given a stand-down order because it would be too dangerous because the other law enforcement was on its way. It's almost like they were listening to my interview. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's freaky. Now, uh, please hear me. But, I'm not so arrogant but, to think that they're taking my words, but it's but, just, it was surreal to me that I've been bro- giving these interviews. Yeah, and brother. Today they, come, they come out with that. But, Brother Carl, what planet are these people living on? This, this, is, this is not, uh, I mean, the times we live in, these things happen in two to three minutes. And then they're over, and yeah. it's it's usually not a a large group of uh, people. It's typically a lone gunman, and yeah. so I mean, if you don't go in, then children are going to be mowed down. If you do yeah. go in, this 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 silliness that the neoliberals say, oh, well, kids might get killed in a crossfire. Well, if you know, that would be unfortunate, but if there's crossfire and you get the, the the kid that's shooting, well, he wasn't a kid. He was 19 years old, shouldn't even be in school. He should be in a, adult education. Yeah. yeah. No, listen, you're absolutely right. I, I, I tell people all the time the ridiculousness of this gun-free zone thing is just liberal pablum that is causing the death of children. And I know, I doubt if any liberal truly is sitting around planning for children to die so that they can promote their agenda. I pray to God that's not happening. But I do know that at least the indirect or the direct result Mm -hmm. of their stupid laws is that kids are going to die. They're going to teachers. Now let me pin you down. Let me pin you down with a direct question, okay? I'm in agreement with you that... Most and, and, and what I call neoliberals, because they're really not liberal. They don't believe in liberty. These these neoliberal wannabe liberals, I would agree with you, most of them, uh, they're stupid and emotional. But would you think that they are among the leaders of these people, those that push their buttons, those that play chess, not checkers, that they would be comfortable with a certain level of violence? And there is there is ample evidence in military history where this has been done, where some are sacrificed for a larger agenda. And people don't want to hear that the schools and the the government are capable of that, but the Obama administration and the Justice Department with... um, uh, what's his name uh, with the with the mustache, Obama's buddy, <laughs> I forget his name, Eric Holder. They offered money to Florida. I don't know if it was just Florida or if this was a nationwide thing, but they offered money to schools to not arrest kids. Yeah. Okay, so is this on purpose or is this just they don't get it? Okay, the answer to your question, and some of your people may not like hearing this, is absolutely yes. Their their evil is in this world, hideous, unthinkable evil. There are people being directed by the by the demonic thrones of the demonic realm, uh, you, you know, and 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 they're a, they have an agenda. It is agenda that eventually will result in the antichrist globalist agenda. But the bottom line in the working out of that agenda, one of the things they have to do is to disarm America, the world's number one superpower. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, 200 million of us have owning guns and multiple guns. They have to disarm us. And so whatever it takes, there are people planning and plotting this. And the evidence, the evidence 
is before us in the statistics. And everybody, we, every time something like this happens, we start quoting the statistics about gun-free zones and all of the deaths, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the fact that no NRA, no mass shooter ever in our history was ever a member of the NRA, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Uh, almost all of them have come from the liberal ilk of the Democrats or the Communists or the Socialist parties. Yes. Um, almost all of them. The coalition every, of evil. Yes, every one of them so far have been somehow on mind-altering drugs, uh, some of them legal, some of them illegal. I mean, so Oh, yeah. And please, and when you say mind-altering drugs, brother— Please explain to the audience in the book of Galatians the lust the 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 the, the, the lusts of the flesh in chapter five of Galatians. Uh, I will. Yeah, yeah. Please. Okay. All right. We're gonna jump to another subject then. That's okay. Well, I have to finish this thought. But when you say <laughs> drugs, just to let folks know that this is yes. not by accident. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll hit that very quickly, and then I'll jump back on where I was going. But the bottom line is, no, it's not by accident, because when we speak of drugs, people say, well, you know, there's nothing in the Bible about drugs or drug abuse. Yes, there is. Uh, Usually it finds its way into the English interpretation as witchcraft or the occult or something like that. And when you look, search out that Greek word, the Greek word is pharmakeia, pharmakia. And pharmakeia is where we get our word pharmacy from. But when you dig into the etymology of that word, you discover that what is often determined as witchcraft in the English translations comes from pharmakeia, and the etymology of pharmakeia is the use of mind-altering drugs to open up spiritual dimensions and realities, Mm -hmm. to open up contact with the other side. So that's what witchcraft is about. That's Mm -hmm. what occultism is about. And the heavy use of mind-altering drugs in order to make contact with the powers of the demonic realm, mm-hmm. and so, and so, you know, our, our nation is our nation is immersed. It is immersed in drug abuse and opioid epidemic and overdoses and suicides and this plague around the world, but in our nation. Yeah. And so when you look at these mass shooters, well, who is Satan? He's the father of murder. Mm-hmm. He's the father of murder, Jesus said. So when you look at these mass shootings connected to drug abuse and drug use, massive drug use, and then you look at all of the crazy laws that are enacted of gun freezes. Look, look, we guard our banks with guns. We guard our ATMs with guns. We guard our Hollywood stars with guns. We guard mm-hmm. our politicians with guns. We guard our rock concerts with guns. We mm-hmm. guard our gold and silver with guns. We guard mm-hmm. our yachts and our automobile lots with guns. We guard our houses and our property with guns. And if you don't own a gun and you're rich, you hire people who have guns. Right. But then by law, we insist that our children must go to a school. They have to go by law or we mm-hmm. parents in jail. And we crowd them in like sardines into little packaging rooms, and we put a sign out front that says, gun-free zone. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So our money money and our yachts are more important than our children, and then we advertise to the killers, the drug-crazed 
mentally ill killers. Mm-hmm. Here is where mm-hmm. you can come kill our children. How insane is that? So, yeah. yes, there has to be evil minds behind this. Yeah, yeah. And when we come back, Brother Carl, we're going to let you get right back on track. And uh, thank you for staying with us, folks. And uh, we have my good friend, Brother Carl Gallops. We will be right back. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, and James Brown is telling you exactly what it is. It's Man's World Radio, and uh, we're going to say like uh, you read in 1 Peter, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. Because, folks, (laughs) I have my good friend, uh, Brother Carl Gallops, uh, a pastor and uh, a, a packing a packing pastor, okay, uh, former law enforcement officer uh, in the state of Florida, and Brother Carl has his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on down there in Florida. And, Brother, thank you again so much for joining us and, and staying with us to give so much of your time to our audience. Brother Craig, it is my honor. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me rant. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about all of this. Oh, yeah. Well, you, that's what that is, brother, is as a watchman on the wall, you obviously are just like me and a lot of other uh, men around the nation. We're asking God for a double portion uh, of that spirit as the torch is passed to Elisha. And we, have, we need an army of Elishas because the, yes. the hour is dark. Yes. No, it really is. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I would like also to inform your audience, those that don't know, a very important piece of information about this shooting, if, if it's okay with oh, you. Oh, please do. Okay. Well, you know, so you've got this whole debacle now at the Parkland, uh, Florida shooting, school shooting, where people are saying, but you know, the shooter, and I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to give him that, uh, that mm-hmm. notoriety, but the shooter, they're saying, you know, he had been, uh, there had been 38, 39 phone calls to the sheriff's office, and, you know, and the FBI had been notified, and, you know, why wasn't something done? And then, and then there's this call for, you know, people to take guns away from the mentally ill. And listen, I'm all for that. If somebody's completely mentally ill, deranged, yes take their gun away. But watch. Here's what I'm not talking about doing away with due process. Mm-hmm. Here's what a lot of people don't know about Florida. In Florida, we have a thing called the Baker Act. Your audience can look that up on the internet. Mm-hmm. Florida's Baker Act. I was a deputy sheriff. I employed this many times. And and they still have it and they still could have used it. Never was the Baker Act used on this guy. I'll explain to your audience what that is. But never was the Baker Act used. Here's how it's used. Mm-hmm. So you are a deputy sheriff. You get a call on this guy who's doing crazy things at his house, and his neighbors or his family says, look, he's got access to guns. He's doing this. He's doing that. Or he's claiming this. Or he's threatening to shoot up a school, et cetera, et cetera. He's on drugs. He's a little crazy, yada, yada. All right? So you go. You investigate. All right. First time there. Unless he's just completely crazy in front of your face, you know, you take a report, you do whatever you need, you interview witnesses, et cetera. All right, but watch. 38 times, brother, 
Uh, now, yeah. I know some of those times some of those times involved his brother, his biological brother, but, but out of those times, at least half of them or more were directly related to this guy and his lunacy and the threats he was making. It would have been easy. The Baker Act allows me as a deputy sheriff to take him into protective custody mm-hmm. without a warrant or anything else. It's just if I have evidence that this man – might be mentally ill, or he may be getting ready to harm himself or others. I can take him into custody. He has he is then taken to a psychiatric intake unit, an official state recognized, where he is held in protective custody while they do psychological evaluations to determine if this guy is for real mentally ill, and if he is then his weapons can be confiscated, and that is considered due process. Mm-hmm. Of course, there will, be, there will be other hearings, et cetera, but it does allow for the confiscation of his drugs, his weapons, or anything else uh, if he is deemed to be mentally ill as the result of a Baker Act. Mm-hmm. They had that vehicle, Brother Craig. Yeah. They had that vehicle, and they never used it. Yeah, and they, I'll say it's and, purposeful. They, they, they purposely allowed this situation to develop and and again there's military history where things are allowed uh you know pearl harbor that was known the um the enigma code in world war ii when england broke the german code they allowed small uh acts of war to occur unchallenged because they were waiting for a big one that could turn the tide of the war. There's military history, and, and we are at war, the, or rather, more accurate, Brother Carl, they are at war with us. Many of us don't even realize we're at war. Yes. No, you're absolutely right, Brother Craig, and everything you said. Now I'm getting ready to drop a bombshell on you and your audience. Uh, well, you may already know about it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. If, if Oh, no. Go ahead, brother. It. Bring it. But, Bring it. Right. Here's the thing. <laughs> Just yesterday, I was on my live radio show, And one of my correspondents, who is a licensed private investigator for the nation of Canada, but he does business in Canada and the United States, he's one of my weekly correspondents. Uh, He's also the executive editor of the PNN News and Ministry Network on the Internet, Mm -hmm. Mike Shusmith. He broke the story on our show, but the story was actually written by several other sources, but it, it it only happened yesterday. And he traced it down. He did the fact checking. And the fact-checking checks out, and he has since contacted the writer of the story who's agreed to come on my show soon, and we're working all that out right now. But mm-hmm. here's what the story was. It has now been shown that the Broward County Sheriff's Office, under the leadership of Sheriff Israel, they are deeply connected and in partnership with the Broward Chapter of CARE, mm-hmm. A-I-R. The, the the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Yeah. And this care group has been shown to be and proven to be directly connected to terrorist activities around the world over and over, and the Broward County Sheriff's Office is in literal, quote, partnership with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the exact details, but there were care members, members of that council, who are also serving in on uh, council-type boards within the sheriff's office. Yeah. So you've got this liberal gun-grabbing sheriff, Israel. Mm-hmm. Then you've got these deputies that refuse to go in and save kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And then you, 
then we find out the whole department is connected to an Islamic terror group. Yeah, and one of now, them now, is a brother, deputy. What, what, I, I saw a video of, of, of Sheriff Israel at a Ramadan celebration in the largest mosque in Broward County, and he was introduced by a sheriff's deputy who is a member of that mosque. Well, and there you go. So, so you know, you just connect all the dots. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm not claiming any conspiracy theory. I don't have any inside scoop. I just know that I used to be, I used to do my own criminal investigations. I was a deputy sheriff, two different sheriff's offices, three mm-hmm. different sheriffs, one of them a very large sheriff's office in the state of Florida. And I know how all of this investigation works. I know how to connect dots to at least begin to formulate some possibilities. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm doing right now. I'm not right. claiming. Oh, you know, okay. That, now, yeah. there are some videos of students that uh, some have been released and, and taken back. Some have not yet been released. And so I've only heard reports. And I'm wondering if you have more information about yeah. these reports of a CNN correspondent coaching one of those uh, young students to, to, to trash President Trump, and that was recorded by a student uh, on their cell phone video. And, and, and some of the other, I don't know if it's confusion among students about perhaps multiple shooters or has any of that sorted itself out? Well, here's the thing. I have those videos. I have access to all of them, and I saved them on my hard drive. We uploaded some of them to our internationally viral YouTube channel, um, and uh, we did it all within the proper guidelines. And within a few uh, days, YouTube contacted us and told us if we didn't take those videos down, that they were going to shut our entire channel down. So the thing is, those videos are real there's not in other words we didn't make any claims in other words i didn't come on there and say look at these kids these kids are used their tools they're fake we didn't say anything like that we just said look at this video this Mm -hmm. video was taken and 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 this interview was done by a mainstream media source this video was taken on campus you can see the guy david hogg who is the h-o-g-g who is the one of the main spokes kids um who later said in one of his interviews admitted that his father is former FBI. Well, you know, with all the stuff going on with the FBI and the Trump mm-hmm. meeting and Trump passing, so people started digging into his life and found out that his mother is a super-duper liberal Trump-hating activist. So if his mother is that way, more than likely he's that way. And, of course, in the interviews, he bashes Trump, he bashes you know, guns, and, and he's preaching to politicians, and then his father is connected to the FBI and all that we've... I mean, this this whole thing stinks to high heaven. So we've got yeah. those videos, yes, and so those reports are true. Mm-hmm. We, even have a, we even have a video that was recorded by another student's cell phone where he is before, I think it's CNN cameras, it's before media cameras because you can hear the, the reporter coaching the young man on what to say. Mm-hmm. And while... The young man is trying to get his story straight. He keeps messing up his lines. It's like he's a movie actor, 
And, and, and so he stops, and he, and he grabs his face, and he says, oh, my gosh, hold on just a moment. And then he rewords his statement, and he messes it up again, and you can mm-hmm. hear the reporter saying, that's okay. Just take your time. Just take your time. Just say this or just say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable, brother. It's yeah. un- and so we put that video on YouTube, and they blasted us. They said, get that down. Get that mm-hmm. down, or we're taking your channel down. Well, yeah. wait. And you, you know, mean, brother, we live in an age of big brother, and people think that because YouTube and uh, Facebook, that they're not owned by the government. They think that that's, they're owned by the private sector. But, I mean, you when you look at the type of control that they have, they have all this information on us. They can triangulate anyone in multiple ways. It's it literally it is big brother. And I, and I think Amazon never made a profit until they got a huge half billion dollar contract with the CIA. And, and people don't know this. They just think these are entrepreneurs who are brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, brother. And, and so not only do we have all of those things, but then we have the videos of one, two, let me see. We've got two young ladies. One of them uh, is a young lady. She's standing before a, a Texas TV station uh, reporter, and and the reporter asks the young lady, do you think there was more than one shooter? Now, I don't know why she asked her that, mm-hmm. because apparently apparently that was already going around. And this girl is a student. She was in the shooting. She's live. She was in the crowd that was running from the shooter. She's standing there live. I mean, I mean the shooting has just finished. They have just, you know... Uh, she hadn't had time to to think about of a of a lot. It was that exactly right. And the and the reporter asks her, and you can tell that when the girl answers, the reporter kind of wishes she hadn't asked the question. You can see it in her face. Mm-hmm. But she asked the girl, "Was there more than one shooter?" And I think she was expecting the girl to say, "Oh no, there was there was just one shooter." And the girl said, "Oh yes, ma'am, you're right. There were three shooters." And then she goes on to describe. That she was in the crowd, and she says this, 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 this girl, this student, this just, just nondescript wow. student, who's answering the question. She says, "Yes, we were in the hall, and and the shooter was shooting, and we were screaming and running, and he ran up the stairs, and when he ran up the stairs, a large group of the kids ran the opposite direction out the door, but then they stopped and they came running back because another shooter was coming in." That door. And wow. she said that, brother. I've mm. got the video on that. I posted yeah. that, and YouTube told me to take it down. Wow. Uh, now, then, did she did she say, did someone say they saw the boy that was, that's been yes. caught and, that, and they yes. heard shooting while she was watching him and it, it was not him? Yes. Let me explain that. That was the other young lady. We had her video up, and we were told to take it down. She also is being interviewed by reporters, and she is uh, she's a senior. In fact, her name was even uh, on the script. But anyway, I can't remember her name right now. It's kind of a kind of a um, I don't know a Ukrainian name, maybe a Russian name. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's it's hard to remember the name is what I'm trying to say. But mm-hmm. anyway, she's standing before the reporter. She's extremely. She seems to be an extremely bright girl. She's very well spoken. Um, and she is being asked about it, and so she starts telling her story, and this is what she says. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but here's what she said. She said that she was in the bathroom when the shooting started, 
So she didn't know all of the details of what was going on and who was hiding from who. And But she said she came out of the bathroom and kind of there was a huge crowd, everybody coming down the halls, and people were talking about shooter, shooter, shooting. She comes out of the bathroom. She gets into the crowd, and she says she finds herself standing right next to this guy who winds up being accused as being the shooter. Now, at the time, she doesn't know this. She's standing right next to him. She knows him because she's a senior, and he had left the school just a year or two earlier, but the kids in the school knew him because of his mental illness, et cetera. And so she's in the crowd. She sees him. They're walking beside each other. She said he's dressed normally, no gun in his hand, of course, no mask, no body armor, just walking in the crowd with students. She calls him by name. She looks at him. They start talking. She says, I, I, I guess there's a shooting. And, and she says that she looked at the guy jokingly because she had no idea. She said, she said I'm surprised it's not you, and just kind of wow. laughed. The reason, because the guy had made statements before, kind of mm-hmm. threatening her. And she said that he looked at her and said, what? Something like that. They kept walking, and then she says, but she says, but there were multiple shooters there that day. And, and, the, and the reporter said, what? Multiple shooters? Why would you say that? She says, well, because I'm talking to the guy that's been accused of it, but while we're talking, I heard shots coming from the other side of the building, and we all started running. So wow. she says, definitely, there were multiple shooters. Definitely. She wow. said, definitely. So you got that. Now, another weird thing. We've got a coach on film saying this mm-hmm. and, two, and two other students saying this, all of them separate from each other, none of them knowing that the other one said this, all three of them, a coach and two students. And then there's a teacher, too, a woman. I think she said it, too, but I know we've got a coach and two students on video being interviewed by news sources saying that that same morning they were advised that there would be an active shooter drill on campus. Mm -hmm. And so when the shooting started, at first everybody thought it was a drill. And there had already been a fire drill that morning. Mm. Now, now, brother, (laughs) that's some weird stuff. And then when you consider that the school resource officer refused to go in, four deputies refused to go in. In the meantime, the the killing field was going on in a gun-free zone. I'm going to tell you, gun-free zones do save lives. It saves the lives of the shooter. Right. That's it. That's it. The guy guy that did the shooting that day, Mm -hmm. and maybe more than one, Mm -hmm. his life was saved because he was in a gun-free zone. Wow. Wow. And Trump comes along and says teachers need to be packing and and he's not going to force Miss McGillicuddy to learn how to carry a gun. Okay, he's he means people like yourself, your former law enforcement. And and you're a teacher, but you teach from the pulpit, your TV show, your radio show and your and your books. But now what if you were teaching in a school? You you'd be packing, brother. You I mean, that would be perfect. But you want to hear something Really, really odd. See, this just shows you how how diabolical this is. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and back to your original assessment that surely, 
at least a handful of wicked, wicked people know this, and they're actually planning this. Mm-hmm. Right? Now think about, think about this. Let me just talk about myself. This is going to sound a little self-serving, but it's not, I promise you, because there are people much more qualified than I. Mm-hmm. But let me use myself as an example for this illustration. Okay. All right? here, here is Carl Gallup's in Florida. A former Florida deputy sheriff, two different sheriff's offices, three different sheriffs, criminal investigator. Listen, I have been awarded several commendations of valor. I was named law enforcement officer of the year in two different sheriff's offices. Um, I was also an invited guest lecturer and instructor at the Florida Police Academy Mm -hmm. back in the 1970s to do what? firearms instruction Mm -hmm. all right now i leave the sheriff's office i go into ministry but i have a florida concealed weapons permit that was handed to me almost on a silver platter because of all of my experience and i've been carrying for decades so you've got a decorated law enforcement officer who taught firearms in the florida police academy as a guest lecturer commendations of valor All of that experience, a concealed weapons carrier, watch this, and under Florida law, if Carl Gallops, if I step on any school campus today with my gun under my jacket Mm -hmm. and I get caught, I go to jail. Wow. I'm arrested as a criminal. Wow. I am arrested as a criminal Mm. while our kids are forced to be there unarmed, but we've got armed guards down at our banks guarding our money. Now, Mm -hmm. brother, what what is messed up about this? You tell me that people don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, People, it's, 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 it's not possible for people to be that stupid. It has to be that they want to rub points of contention and create conflict. It, yep. it has to be. It has yep. to be. So that the people will cry out that uh, we will give you our freedom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're yes. right. They need to disarm this nation in order to implement their agenda. That's exactly right. Now, as you and I said in the beginning, not every liberal is involved in this. Not every liberal yeah. thinks that way. Most, some are just stupid are, or most, some are emotional and mean well. Most of them are what the left, the communists call them this, not me. Right. Most of them are useful idiots who yes. have been brainwashed by their overlords. But there are people at the top who are not this stupid, who are literally planning this. How can it be? That school would have loved to have had 10 Carl Gallopses in that building that day. Oh, yes. That killer might have killed one or two kids, and one or two is too many, but he wouldn't have killed 17. He wouldn't have. Right. You're safer in my church, brother. Your kids are safer in my church than they are in any school in this land. We have a huge security protocol in our church. Mm-hmm. If you and your family came to our church, Brother Craig, and by the way, you and your family would be totally welcome there. Yeah, and if, Mrs. If, Hatchett and I, we talk about it all the time. We have to take a trip to Florida and come visit you at, at your church. Yeah, and I, I'm yeah. going to be secretly looking around for that hammock. Well, <laughs> anyway, no, you won't find it, brother. You'll find a sweet little church out in the middle of nowhere that's packed with people loving the Lord Jesus. Amen. But let me just tell you, let me just tell you, in our church, you come in, you and your family, you will not feel like you're in a police state. You will Mm -hmm. have no idea. But, brother, we have guards roving. We've got people locking down doors. Amen. 
parking lot. We've got people looking in empty rooms and mm-hmm. empty. We've got video cameras everywhere. We've got strobe light warning systems. We've mm-hmm. got a deputy sheriff uh, uniformed and armed outside in a patrol car directing traffic, but he's also well prepared and quickly able to respond to anything that happens. Wow. We've got guards that are identified with little badges on that they are security. Some of them uh, carry weapons, some don't. We've mm-hmm. got others that are un, uh, unbadged. Unidentified. They, unidentified. There you some go. Like an I angel. <laughs> like like I an angel. You don't know who it is. <laughs> and, look, and, look, and look, I carry concealed. I always do, even when I'm preaching. Nobody, Amen. Sees, nobody, nobody knows it, but I have always done that, always will do that. Mm-hmm. And so... So, and you say, yeah, but what about crossfire? Look, 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 I get it. I get it. And that's horrible. And and with the security system we have, that does not mean that nothing bad will ever happen at my church. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean is we are not sitting ducks and right. we will not be sit we will not be slaughtered because we're not prepared. We are right. prepared, brother. And listen and folks, made- this this man wrote a book titled be thou prepared, okay? So Brother Carl knows what he's talking. And look, we're right up at the end of the program, but before I let you go, I have to get you to share the Bible verse uh, where where Jesus is saying, you know, if, if all you have are your, are your sandals, that's one thing. But if you've got something like the money sack, what does Jesus tell them to do? Something that needs to be protected. Yeah, yeah. What he says is, you, you you need to buy a sword. <laughs> right. Sell your cloak and buy a sword. Yeah, it's in Luke 22, verse 36. Luke 22, verse 36. And let me tell you the context of it. Mm-hmm. They're, in the garden of, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the disciples will be accused of stealing the body after the resurrection. He knows they'll be hunted down. And what he's saying, he's not saying overthrow the government. He's not saying kill the police. Right. What, he's saying, what he's saying is be prepared to protect you and your family against the crazy mobs and the people that will come in to kill you because of me. He mm-hmm. says just be prepared. And he says buy a sword if you have to. Now in their day, a sword, that was like telling them to go buy a Glock. Right. You know? Right. I mean, that's what it was. It was the personal protection weapon. And 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 he says, sell your coat if you have to and buy a sword. Now Peter then said, Well, he took an assessment of those that already had swords. He says, We've got three here among us and, and the Bible doesn't say Jesus smiled, but I bet he did. And he looked at Peter <laughs> and he looked at Peter and he said and he told Peter, he said, Well that'll be enough. Then, oh, okay. So, so what was he saying? He wasn't saying, go get an arsenal so you can overthrow the government. No, he was just saying, you have a responsibility to protect yourself and your family. Your children are depending upon you. Yeah. And, these next, and he's saying to them, these next weeks and months are going to get rough. They're going to get life-threatening. Exactly. And yeah, and here we are coming up on the Easter season. God bless you, brother. Thank you Thanks. so much for all that wonderful information. And uh, we're going to have you back real, real soon. And please say hi to your lovely wife, Pam. I will. And you to your precious wife. And God bless you both. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Well, all right, folks. Uh, we're going to let it sit with that. And uh, please enjoy uh, our brother Lee Greenwood here uh, as he shares uh, words that it's as if these words came from my own heart. We love you out there, and we're going to see you here next week, folks. Same hatchet time, same hatchet station. And it's time we stand.
Where is the best news and talk? AM 820 WNTW Chester is the answer.